This Dharma Talk is brought to you by the Chicago Zen Meditation Community. Learn about us and our teacher, Miyoshi Thompson, at zenchicago.org. Good evening, everybody. Um, thank you for being here tonight, and thanks to Miyoshi for uh, asking me to, to speak. Um, so tonight I'm going to talk about um, words and language uh, and how um, language and words can help uh, both help and hinder our ability to live meaningful and fulfilling lives and um, also assist others in doing so as well. Um, so last week, uh, I'm sure many of you uh, read about the passing of uh, the musician uh, Sinead O'Connor. Um, though I didn't follow her career or music closely, I always uh, kind of admi I admired her boldness and her bravery. Um, some of you may remember that early on in her career, kind of at the height of her fame, she uh, ripped up a picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live um, in protest of um, child sexual abuse and the cover-up efforts of the Catholic Church. Um, and this kind of very brave action uh, seriously impacted her career from that, that point on. She was more known for controversy and her mental health struggles than her music and her art. Um, and it's just, it's a, it's a sort of a statement without words in, in a lot of ways that we rarely see from people in uh, positions of influence and power. Um, and in response to her passing last week, the poet and author uh, Hanif Abdurrahib uh, wrote this uh, in a social media post. Um, Sinead O'Connor was, among a great many other uh, better things, uh, a victim of society's gleeful, never-ending obsession with prolonged punishment, with punishment as spectacle. She was all, also someone who suffered openly and vulnerably. She was open in her songs, in her writing, in pleas made on the internet. The world is not equipped to hold a person suffering gently or otherwise. And I find that to be an especially enraging failure. I'm a broken record with this, but I truly encourage people to look within and ask yourself hard questions about your relationship with interpersonal cruelty, how you might enact it, how the enacting of it is serving that desire to see people, often strangers, punished. Structural cruelties are not only accelerating, but new ones are accumulating and adapting. Multiple apocalypses are intersecting. That's the reality of our living. Interpersonally, people have to demand more of themselves in the midst of ongoing accumulating crisis. It doesn't serve me to despair because despair drives me to cruelty. I'm not asking people to consider some broad, mindless approach to kindness. But ask yourself how you might be contributing to the quiet and loud sufferings of others. Ask yourself how your sufferings can best be tended to so that the, uh, they don't echo harmfully outward. And though I, I had already been kind of thinking quite a bit lately about my own contributions uh, to the suffering of others in my life, um, throughout my kind of lifetime, just kind of reflecting on that, this post really kind of hit home for me. Because um, at various points in my life, out of jealousy, insecurity, um, I, I actively engaged in speech and actions that were unkind and in, in all likelihood, whether big or small, contributed to the suffering of others. Um, and most recently, I've been reflecting on it. So I have a, a group text with some of my high school friends who I've known for you know over 20, 30 years. Um, and a big part of our friendship dating back to high school has been making fun of each other and, and sort of ribbing each other. And 
although it's mostly playful, I know at times we all cross lines and end up hurting each other's feelings. And though this is on a smaller scale, this is just like not how I want to be treating other people. So that's just kind of has me reflecting on being more thoughtful about my speech and my actions, even though it's not verbal, right? I think in, in today's age now through social media posts, through texting, um, that's the ability to kind of stay compassionate and um, is just, it's more complex. So in an article for Lion's Roar uh, titled, How to Practice Right Speech, uh, Nikki Murgafori writes, speech is powerful. Our words shape our minds, paving the path toward freedom or cementing habitual patterns of suffering. A crucial part of our practice Speech is something we can engage with even on days when we cannot sit in formal meditation. Our practice with speech includes the words that we direct to ourselves, perhaps with an unkindness we'd never use with others, and the words that we write in texts and emails and on social media, words that fashion our karma and our world with such tremendous speed. The Buddha taught both what to avoid and to cultivate. Right speech is abstaining from lying, divisive speech, abusive speech and idle chatter. The five guidelines for well-spoken speech are, is it timely, true, gentle, beneficial, and spoken with a mind of goodwill? He gave additional consideration for speaking what is disagreeable. Beyond making sure that what we say is true and beneficial, we still must wait out of compassion for the appropriate time to say it. To practice right speech, we first make an intentional commitment to the Buddha's guidelines, both because following them has a beneficial impact on others, because they provide us with an ethical scaffold to purify our minds and actions. Then we take a breath, rest in the body, and become aware of our intentions, state of mind, and body. If we're moved to lie, gossip, or speak harshly, we, inqu we inquire, am I stressed? Am I motivated by greed, ill will, desire for recognition, or fear of rejection? We establish our grounding through pausing and contemplating the detriments of wrong speech. Then we actively re-engage with wise intention and benevolence. As Zen practitioners, I think it's important to recognize that our practice isn't something that just takes place on the cushion. It is imperative that we carry our, carry our practice into our everyday lives in order to treat ourselves and others with kindness, compassion, and love. Um, and like the title of Katagiri Roshi's book alludes to, um, we have to say something. Um, we just need to make sure that something is coming from a well-intentioned place. Mm -hmm.